0: Game Netcast, the official podcast of NewGameNetwork.com. This is episode number two for Sunday, April 15, 2012. Today on the show, we'll be talking about the Wii U rumors, EA being named the worst company in America, as well as Sleeping Dogs recruiting some real MMA fighters. We will go more in-depth with some feedback from the recent reviews on the site, including Ridge Racer Unbounded, Fall of the Samurai, and Silent Hill HD Collection. We'll reflect on some of the news around the industry in the past couple of weeks, including the Mass Effect 3 DLC plans and the Captivate 2012 conference. And last but not least, we'll chat about dancing in Star Wars Connect, as well as the anti-Games for Windows Live petition for Dark Souls on PC. Welcome, everybody, to episode number two of New Game Nightcast. Joining us today, the perfect Peter. Hey, what's up? The magnetizing Matthew. (laughs) Hello. And the threatening Tim. Hi. And it has occurred to me that in all of episode one, I never introduced myself, and I am the amazing Alex. Hello. (laughs) Some of the top stories we've been following on the site this week, and the week before, obviously. So, Ghost Recon Future Soldier slips to June for PC, which is not entirely unexpected from Ubisoft, who have a knack of delaying PC releases, and will include DirectX 11. Rumor is claiming that Wii U will not be as strong as the PS3 and 360. And there's some comments from Nintendo representatives saying it's not all about the graphics. It's about gameplay and things like that. Electronic Arts was voted the worst company in America in a vote on a consumerist website. And they were running up against a number of banks and things like EB Games and, you know, U.S.-specific outlets. Guild Wars 2 pre-orders begin for an upcoming MMO. Should be this year for PC. And Sleeping Dogs, the upcoming game that has been in development for so many years, Switch publishers from Activision to Square Enix, Uh, the game has now enlisted the MMA champion, George St. Pierre, to be their assistant man for capturing the fighting techniques found in the game.
1: So about the Wii U, um, apparently it's not going to be as powerful as PS3 and 360, but it's going to be somewhere around the same ballpark. Uh, what do you guys think about uh, about that fact um, that it's not going to be as powerful? Do you do you think it's going to detriment the console at
2: all, or do you think it's just Nintendo's strategy they went with, on with the Wii? Well, when when has Nintendo always you know brought out the most graphically you know eye-shaving console? They're, they're, it's just not that's what. Well, they've never been right at the you know, gameplay, which, is, which they say every day, you know, so it, it's it's no surprise, it's expected. I don't know why they're even. Bothering to defend it because it's just not that type of console.
0: But the thing is, you have the hardware now that is much cheaper than what the PS3 and 360 came out with. So I mean, why couldn't they put together the HD components in there? You know, I, imagine it's
1: the, I imagine it's because the the uh, the controller is going to cost quite a bit. I think there were some estimates it cost about yeah. fifty dollars to manufacture. So they want to keep the actual components within the console and be uh, quite nice. cheap to compensate for that.
0: And, I mean, I guess speaking of the controller itself, I don't know if it's as revolutionary as the Wii was with the motion control stuff. Well, it does look like a cheese board, so... You know. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cheap to me. It looks
1: quite tacky, I don't, I don't
0: know. not know. It's trying to appeal to yeah. the, I guess, tablet kind of market uh, that's kind of driving the consumerist interest right now.
1: Well, Nintendo to me seems they seem a little gimmicky at the moment. I mean, the 3DS doesn't really like the 3D's quite nice in some games, but it's it's not really revolutionary. Um, and it seems like with the Wii U, they are jumping on the the tablet craze at the moment. They're not really. Yeah, it seems gimmicky. like a bit of
3: a gimmick in some ways.
0: Yeah, and you have to wonder what they're gonna do. Well, you know, let's say they finally are able to bring all these PS3 and the 60 games over to the Wii U. Well, I don't know if many publishers will actually go back and you know pull out older games to bring to Wii U now that it's graphically able to handle them and going forward as well, how much time does the Wii U really have before the next gen of you know Microsoft yeah. and Sony come out and then they're behind again so the developers are gonna have to again retrofit to the Wii U
1: yeah I'm um, I, yeah, I think it's only strength because of that is going to be. This supposedly unique control scheme, although I don't really see what you couldn't do on a PS Vita or in a PS3.
0: And that's actually one of the points that is made in the original article, which is uh, sourced from AGI International, where they mentioned mm. that uh, the developers are saying it's you know the PS3 and PS Vita combination is actually you know quite a better option right now compared to what the specs are for the Wii U.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely
2: uh in regards to electronic arts being voted the worst company in america i think it's been slightly um i think it's biased because you've got a lot of uh, kind of angry customers who just went to the consumerist website and voted it just because they didn't like ea because of the yes. ma- mass effect Fuhrer when actually yes. worse companies like bank of america and other you know industrial giants like that are you know putting a more strain on, you know, the economy, whereas EA just, like, made bad decisions. It doesn't seem completely fair, to be honest.
1: Yeah, in in the grand scheme of things,
2: EA is a video
1: game company, and compared to a bank, someone who's, like, destabilised the economy, they're not really doing anything that bad, but it's just, it's just video game uh, fans are quite uh, outspoken people.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's just because it's a game company that people got together and decided to start voting. Because really, how many people that are, you know, in the states and they're angry at their bank are gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna go vote from the bank in this voting competition." This.
2: Mm.
0: Whereas the EA one is obviously spread via viral channels and social media and stuff like that. So.
2: Well, it, it's something that skews kind of every kind of online poll because exactly. with that because with that kind of unfiltered element where anybody can go and, you know, create a bot or just, you know, just gather loads of people to go and vote on things, it can really, uh, you know, outweigh kind of more rational um, opinion and commentary, I think. Because it's, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not only that.
1: It's not a true picture of a nation's actual opinion of it. But um, taking that into account, why do you think they're so hated within the gaming community?
2: It's just that they're more vocal, and people who are more tech savvy have better ways to express it when it's done. Oh
1: well. yeah, yeah. But, but those people within the gaming community, why do you think that EA, out of all companies, out of all say Activision, Blizzard, all, all the top guys, why do you think EA are the most
2: hated? Because uh, of Mass Effect. Yeah, they <laughs> well, well, DLC. Do you think it's purely the
1: Mass Effect ending?
2: <laughs> and, and, and Origin as well, because people hate Origin. Yeah. Basically, and and they don't like some of the company's practices.
1: Online passes, quite a recent thing, and um, on disc DLC. I think it would be two two recent things that got a lot of people's backs. So.
2: Yeah, uh, but like <laughs> worst company in America when there's like all these kind of massive banks and everything. It's it. I don't know. It's EA has to do a lot of putting out fires at the moment, and it's probably something they didn't need. But yeah. you know, maybe they'll recoup people. Well, they're bringing out the free DLC, so.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think uh, the reason why they are in particular picked on is because of just the sheer amount of games that they produce, the amount of say that they have in actually influencing the market. You know, in terms of what IPs come out, uh, yeah. you know, the number of studios that they own now, they you know they have quite the stranglehold, and uh, yeah. so people have you know plenty of reasons to be. Angry at them, whether it's because they ruined their favorite franchise or because they're, you know, the questionable DLC practices, putting you know quarter of a game on disc but charging extra. Although you know, Capcom has been kind of in hot water for that more recently, but you know, AI does that as well. So I mean, it's a number of things, and it's because they are so big in the industry that they, I guess, get a lot of uh, attention from everybody because they're so big and because they don't actually make the best decisions.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I think it's because they keep, they keep hoovering um, smaller developers up, like Bioware and DICE. And I think people think they have a negative effect on those companies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, you know, there has been, obviously. Um, a lot of talk about that as well. But, you know, it kind of does seem like there is some kind of monopolization going on, mm-hmm. which which is, and I'm not sure what... How that's handled in the games industry because it's all because it's so separate and there's so many kind of entities. But EA does kind of seem like this big looming mountain over this like valley of smaller developers that can just you know go down there and pick them off. But again, At least it's in North America, yeah, 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 that, that that's how it kind of feels. Um, but I but you know, it seems to there is that kind of view that it homogenizes everything and is just concerned with you know making turning a profit and like just spitting games out instead of like. Working on quality, but you know the games obviously have been well received, some of them, and then some of them haven't. So I don't know. In regards to Sleeping Dogs, what I was going to say was um, that you know because we spoke about last week um, the R. A. Salvatore game, and even though it's not exactly a writing role, it's still kind of an advisory role that a lot of companies are taking on. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it reminds me of a true crime. Uh, the kind of concept for the game, and I'm well, not sure it if that, was, that's what this, it used well, to be.
0: This is true crime, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it so was like a
2: spiritual sequel or whatever. Well,
0: yeah, no, you know. it, it was it was full on true crime until Activision backed be, out of yeah. publishing it. It
2: it was an interesting game. It was kind of that GTA kind of, but it's, you know open sandbox world. It's not just Grand Theft Auto anymore. Who owns that? It's pretty much everyone. The game's all right, and I'm not sure how they're gonna. They need an MMA fighter to. Talk about combat because you don't really want to get into a fight and be on the ground for twenty minutes. <laughs> it, it, it needs to be quick, you know, just to, like a smack upside the head.
0: Yeah, I thing. They could have potentially brought in a martial arts guy instead, I guess. But it, that, that, that's that's what. I, yeah, because
2: yeah, that's what like games like Tekken do or Dead or Alive. They have motion capture for each of each of the art forms. But if you're doing like a like a kung fu film or something, you bring just one choreographer in, yeah. you know, who'll who go through a list of stuff. Well, I don't know, it, I, I don't want it to to make the combat awfully one-sided and consist of, like, you know, choke holds and leg bars <laughs> instead well, of, like, flying dragon kicks.
1: From what I've seen, it's taken quite a lot of inspiration from um, uh, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum in terms of combat.
2: Oh, right. That's a very good thing, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: I just don't want that to be, like, the kind of thing that everyone draws on now, you know, in that kind of... Uh, Everyone's combat comes like Arkham City's yeah yeah but but watered down you know yeah that's what because that's what happened with uh, sandboxes and i think that's the kind of fate that befell true crime it was just that it wasn't as good as gta but it was kind of trying to be it even though it was very enjoyable it was an imitator yeah
0: some of the articles that we've had come up on the site and it has been a slow week per se not much is coming out but we're keeping up with the latest releases and things we missed. So we've had reviews of Ridge Racer Unbounded, Shogun 2, Fall of the Samurai, and Silent Hill HD Collection.
2: Is unbounded a word? <laughs> oh God. I unbounded. think it is. It I thought is. it was just unbound, wasn't it? Ridge Racer Unbound. It is now. It is now. Okay. <laughs> I'll get my Merriam-Webster out. Oh, it comes up on Google.
0: Yeah, and for uh, they decided to kind of make it... Well... Unbounded, and we have the Metal Gear Revengeance. So maybe it's a new trend of pseudo words. Yeah. yeah, making things up.
1: So it is having or appearing to have no limits. So does this new ridge racer have no limits? Take
0: unfortunately, it, it has many limits. Everything in design was borrowed from other racing games, and for some reason, it was very limited in what they borrowed. Thus, mm-hmm. making pretty much an incomplete experience in most ways. And uh, I scored it in 64, and I just thought it was rather mediocre and very derivative of all the ideas that I tried to borrow. But you know, for some reason, it didn't actually implement them all the way. You know, you have the takedown stuff from Burnout, and you mm-hmm. have the destruction of the environment from um, Split Second, but neither of those main pillars of the game are actually implemented all the way through. And had they done that, at least, they would have had, you know, yeah, it would have been not very original, but it would have been a fun and, uh, you know, a good game. But unfortunately, it isn't. How much is it?
2: It's full price. Uh, what, $60 around about? Yeah. And it's out for, what, PS3, Xbox and all that? Yeah, or PS3, 60, and the PC. And, and, would, and would you buy the game full price if you had another chance? No, I would not. Secondhand. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, After it's been used to prop up no, a crack, I mean, Depending on your, <laughs> it depends on your level of experience with racing games and what you're looking for. Honestly, if you've played both Split Second and Burnout, I wouldn't even recommend this as a rental. <laughs> oh God. Does
1: it have writing on the environment while you're driving through it? Have I, have it I does, yes. Oh, kind it of does. like Sprinter's Conviction.
0: Yeah, I do make a point of that in the review. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What
0: mean
2: advertising?
0: No, no, no. It's just all the GUI elements, like your position, huh. where you know your your uh, how far behind you are. It's kind of projected onto the environment in a really cool effect. Uh, oh, right. that work. It also yeah.
3: like it had a bit of a track building element. Was that very interesting?
0: Yeah, it does. It's. Really no different from, again, this is mentioned in the review, the same stuff that was in Gran Turismo 5, which basically lets you have kind of uh, chunks of road and environments that you can kind of piece together. So it's not, you know, nothing super advanced or anything, because it is limited by consoles and what you can do with a controller. So you kind of get, you know, elements of a track, and you kind of build it up together. So it's not even as... uh, Creative or as free as something like Mod Nation Racers where you know you're literally just building out the road from scratch manually. This is more of a just you know chunks put together. Also with us we have Tim who wrote the Fall of the Samurai expansion/slash standalone RTS game review. And do you have any kind of inside info on that?
3: Yeah, it was a it was a pretty impressive for an expansion. It basically Add as much content as Shogun 2 did on release.
0: Well, to be fair, it is able. Uh, you, you know, it, it does come come at a higher price point, and it is standalone that you can play it as.
3: Yeah, it's a thirty dollars expansion, but you get you definitely get your money's worth. I mean, you still have like a full campaign that'll probably last you between like ten and twenty hours, depending on if you choose a longer or a short campaign, and you have like a you get full access to the multiplayer. But uh, it, it has a few interesting new elements. I think the new emphasis on the Navy is really one of the most uh, interesting things, although one thing that's a little bit strange is even if you have, like, a single gunship, it'll do as much damage and bombardment as, like, an entire fleet, which <laughs> is a little bit strange. And uh, some of the elements, like uh, railroads or, or Gatling guns, you might not even get access to because you need to kind of do the right research and you need to have enough uh, minerals. Like, I, I, I really wanted to build a Gatling gun, but I... I never got any iron, so I couldn't do it. And uh, but, but still, it's a pretty it's a pretty great expansion, and uh, the the AI, especially in land battles, is a lot better. And uh, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. I'd, I'd highly recommend it for anyone who enjoys strategy games.
0: Yeah, you mentioned something about that last time as well when we uh, talked about what's coming up. Um I personally could never really get into it. The series I found them kind of difficult. <laughs> I would just
2: select all units and tell them to go forward. You, you can't. You can't do that. You need to like get your go. Well, yes, yes I know
0: you can't do that. I'm just <laughs> saying that's what I did. You're playing I didn't playing them.
2: them. I just stick the civilization then. It, it it I always found uh, the shogun games in the creative assembly were always quite good, and I like Age of Empires as well. But um, I think there's a lot more thought of forward planning you have to put into the Shogun games. I think especially depending on where you start from as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, Where you start has a big impact on how the campaign plays out. Like, I started on an island, and I opted to kind of uh, island hop along the coast of Japan. It started out really well, but uh, suddenly the, uh, my enemies started
2: bombarding my coastlines and uh, attacking my traders, and it went downhill pretty quickly. Yeah, I found in the first, um, you know, the the one before the expansion pack, that there wasn't the bigger emphasis on Navy, I remember playing it, and basically having the ships, you know, to take trade points, and that was about it. But yeah. then they had the Spanish Galleons as well, the black ship that used to go around and just, like, waste everyone un- until you captured it. But I never I, found the black ship. It is very, very, it's insanely rare, but when it comes and you get it, it just trounces everything. You know, you can take over fleets with it. It's, it's, it's good, but difficult. Yeah, I got the notification for it once, but I never actually went out and found it, because I had a very weak
3: navy at the time.
2: Yeah, but um, I, th- I think it's good that they expanded on uh, what you can do in it. But um, I've, I've been meaning to check it out, because I've got uh, Shogun 2 as well, I haven't played them for quite a well. while. I highly recommend it. Excellent.
0: You mentioned something about difficulty last time. How did that turn out?
3: Well, it, it was a bit challenging at first but once you get a kind of foothold and you start getting a stronger army the difficulty evens out of it until you get to of course realm divide when uh everyone starts attacking you and it gets pretty challenging again yeah is that
0: the sound effect in the game
3: yeah it makes the gong sound whenever you have a new uh
0: whenever something like that happens no but i mean pete actually tested the game did you actually sneak that sound effect to your voice in there
2: uh, yeah, it's, it's every every millionth bong. It's my voice that is actually stuck Pete's the, voice. The files, yeah, yeah. But um, there's the the, sh- the Shogun as well when he wants tributes and stuff like that. And you've got kind of economic and political factors coming in. I think I think it's a game that really rewards repeat playings because you get more into the mindset and and you know by the end of like a few sessions, you know, you could have sent me in a time machine to feudal Japan and I would have taken over everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, they really nailed the atmosphere in both Shogun 2 yeah. and
3: Golden Samurai.
2: Yeah, um, and obviously, things like battles are really fun as well. I remember playing multiplayer on that, and um, it was just when you have a few people in your team and you get to really coordinate, and you like reach these in passes, in like, raised terrain, and things like that, it really rewards, like a, you know, it's it's like chess in, in that sense, which is uh, really fun to play. Yeah, I definitely.
0: Think. And Matthew is here as well who actually reviewed Silent Hill HD Collection.
1: Yes, I did. Um, two great horror games. Well, two's, two's probably better than three. And the um, biggest problem that I had with this, this HD remake was um, the technical things they've changed about the game. They, they, they changed the uh, the fog coverage, which, if any of you have played Silent Hill 2, that's quite a major part of the game and creating the atmosphere. Um, at, like on back on the PS2, that was actually because of a technical limitation, but they kind of utilized it to to create the feeling of claustrophobia while you're outside in the outdoor environments. And um, in this HD remake they've kind of they've, they've removed it, not not totally, but they've drawn it back a lot so you can see a lot further in the distance. And it doesn't really retain the same feeling of claustrophobia that it had back in 2001, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the big issue with Silent Hill 2, and um, both of the games have a lot of slowdown as well, um, which is quite strange, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just quite a bad port, but quite a bad port of two quite good games, and they still remain good horror games to this day.
0: Yeah, it's kind of odd, because as you mentioned, uh, I guess we don't know the reasons behind why Konami chose to Use no. this um, other company. I don't recall the name to do the ports.
1: I think it's well, Blue Point. Blue Blue something.
0: No, Blue Point would be the one. Oh, that actually... The, yeah, that's the, the good no. job. <laughs> yeah, they're the good guy. The one that speed. Yeah, they actually brought over Konami's Metal Gear Solid and oh. uh, the Shadow of the Colossus collection as well. Mm.
2: And Ico. Yeah,
1: I yeah. ICO. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus was a really good PhD or improved in the areas that actually needed improving from the original one and kept the same experience, but this kind of tampered with that original experience and changed it a little bit in a negative way. So I gave it a pretty. I marked it down for that.
0: 65 was the score. 65, yeah. Worth the money?
1: For newcomers, yeah. For people who haven't played the original two games. For the people who have, uh, no.
2: Do you think if somebody new came on and played it in that? format, it wasn't really doing the game or their experience justice would you advise them you know, to go back and play well, as it was intended?
1: Yeah I, I perhaps would but then there's the issue of PS3 isn't, isn't backwards compa- compatible with the uh, original one so so you couldn't so yeah, so, for, it, it, so, so for, just for those people who don't have a choice then I yeah. would definitely recommend it because they are still great horror games I mean Silent Hill 2 in particular is pretty terrifying in some places when you first meet Pyramid Head and you have yeah. no idea is, yeah, it still keeps those moments and they're still still kind of as, as scary as they were um, but if you could play the originals, I would definitely recommend the originals over this uh, HD remake
0: okay. Right on In the next section we'll chat about some news around the industry and of course one of the hotly discussed topics on our previous episode was Mass Effect 3 and things that were wrong or right with the ending and how Bioware was going to handle it. Well, now we know. Two weeks have gone by and we know that Bioware are releasing free DLC that um, potentially modifies or, quote, expands unquote, on the ending. What do you guys think about that decision? Although we kind of heard rumors about it uh, that On our last podcast, now we have a confirmation. And is this the right way to go?
3: I think if they just kind of fill in some of the holes and expand on what actually happened, it could be a good thing. And the fact that they are doing it for free probably is going to, uh, negate the amount of uproar that comes from fans.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I've heard they're doing as well, they're not actually changing the content of the ending, or actually what happens in the ending, but they're just adding extra scenes in to show you what happened, to clear up some things that people had questions about, like why they, why there's some people were missing on in a certain part of the ending. Sorry, I nearly went to a spoiler.
0: <laughs> yeah, they would pretty much have to draw up a bunch of cutscenes as well to explain all that stuff, I don't think yeah, okay. they'd make it. Playable. That's
1: kind of what it sounds like, a bunch of cutscenes. It doesn't sound like they're actually
2: changing, say, the choices that you get to make at the end. Yeah. Is, is this the first time anything like this has ever happened? I can't remember any of the games that they, people wanted developers to go back and not exactly change canon, but uh, clarify it at least.
0: Uh, I, there's been cases where, uh, where fans definitely wanted to, but the developers couldn't, for whatever reason, whether it's funding or time or whatnot. So, but I think in this day and age, uh, it is the first time that it's happened, and I think it only happened because Bioware has you know EA behind them, and they're going to make DLC anyways, and we live <laughs> in the age of DLC.
2: So it's, now it's you know yeah, more possible so. than ever before. And what do you think? More like these things will happen in the future with I, I don't
0: think so. I think it's just one of those really. Fan loved franchises. I really hope
2: this doesn't. I really hope this doesn't
1: become a industry wide thing that everyone starts complaining about everything and trying to get everything changed. Just it'd be a bit ridiculous.
2: I don't know because what was I going to say? It's. uh, I think it's. I never. I liked Mass Effect. Uh, I liked Dragon Age more. Um, Really. It. it, it, (laughs) I'm (laughs) good. Hey, I'm I'm with that. I like I like Dragon, I like Age, Dragon Age one more, oh. uh, Dragon Age two, uh, just because that was more of my uh, thing, and I'm not like so big on getting you know a waterfall of information crashing over my head, uh, <laughs> kind, right. kind of approach. And you know I thought you know like obviously dialogue and the, and the story, while not, you know it's it's Bioware, it's save the Earth and everyone around it and whatnot, and pick up some dudes along the way. It's that's standard Bioware stuff. You know I think in their next series uh, i'd want to see a bit a bit more because it did kind of fit into a lot of archetypes of you know plot and i think it would be nice if they you know with the i think mass shift is the next one i think a, diff- a different direction uh, in storytelling would be a good thing for that i don't know
3: bioware has never been huge on originality i think their biggest strength is in presentation like they have
2: good writing and good storytelling, and I think that's what makes their games so accessible and enjoyable. Yeah, uh, because you basically hit the nail, isn't it? Because every story's been told, so they say, it's just about how you tell it, and I thought, uh, by the way, I've always done that well, especially with, you know, like uh, Star Wars, uh, Knights of the Old Republic as well, Mm. and you know, other games that they've done, I've always always enjoyed the stories and the characters, which, Mm. you know, kind of glossed over the fact that, you know, it wasn't too original, but it was, you know, I enjoyed the ride. But you wish there were last derivative? Uh, yeah, but maybe that's me wishing for something that, you know, isn't a priority or as much as a priority for, for games, you know. Um, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, you can, uh, off the top of my head, you know, it's, it's difficult to try and think of something with a, a groundbreaking narrative. But obviously, you know, there's stuff like, you know, Akami and, like, ICO and all things like that. But I'm talking, like, you know, kind of popcorn um, and yeah. storytelling kind of thing.
0: Also happening last weekend was Captivate 2012, Capcom's annual presentation slash reveal event. Mm-hmm. And for the big guns that are not us, we got to go to Rome to attend it. Yeah. A bunch of things happened, including new info on Resident Evil 6, new trailers for Devil May Cry, which is a reboot, and the announcement of Lost Planet 3. And I can actually start with Lost Planet 3. That's got to be the shakiest decision in recent memory in terms of oh. uh, keeping a franchise alive, because Lost Planet Two sold terribly, didn't it? I don't know about the sales. Uh, I'm just referring to my understanding and the quality of it, because I played yeah. the original Lost Planet. You know, it was it was alright. It was quite unique, actually, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, solid game. I think there were some good time. ideas there at the start of the franchise. But For sure. Lost Planet 2 kind of sidetracked, I thought. Uh, yeah, graphics...
1: it focused on cooperative play. Yeah.
3: It wasn't and... bad on the PC, actually, but uh, it, it definitely lacked the, uh, the unique feel that the original
0: had. And now with Lost Planet 3, I guess we're going back to the Ice Worlds or whatnot. But yeah. what, what worries me, I guess, is the development team who previously released Legendary, which was not exactly stellar So this leaves you with you know A, a questionable development choice In a franchise that's arguably Kind of going downhill So I'm, I'm really Skeptical I guess I should say About how this will turn out And even watching the first trailer I I couldn't tell if they were going For a serious look But then they kept throwing these witty you know, One liners around So I, I don't really get a feel Of the tone that they're going for It's kind of confusing all around for me
1: um, from what I've um, heard about Lost Planet 3, it's taking quite a lot of inspiration from Dead Space, and um, I don't think it's going to have that cooperative element from 2, and I think it's going to be more about the isolation. I think, I think it's a prequel in terms of narrative, and he's supposed to be one of, the, the guy that we saw in the trailer is supposed to be one of the first people
2: who's uh, colonising the, the, the lost planet. So, so Sorry, so it's The Thing meets the isolation episode of The Mighty Boosh, where they're in the Antarctic is <laughs> that basically what it is I think that was their mandate yeah <laughs> excellent well I look forward to it then <laughs> sounds like an I incredible guess. video game
0: Resident Evil 6 anybody fan of that particular franchise
2: I am huge fan
0: and what you, do you think of wait, 5 then
2: Yeah, I thought 5 was like some kind of Ethnic cleansing dictatorship. uh, (laughs) Oh, careful now. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) It it was strange. I think they've always—it's always been weird with the enemies they've had um, in the game. I think you know when you when you go to some village in Romania and start you know, kind of popping caps in inbred hicks. You know, it's 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 strange. But um, no
0: offense to people of Romania.
2: Oh, oh oh no, no, no. It's it's this kind of location in Eastern Europe. You know, it's it's um, it's hazy, isn't it? Because it's just...
0: But now it's not straight up zombies.
2: I think it's good. They go, go back to their roots. I think they need... I think it worked best in claustrophobic environments, like the house or the city. Um, but when they went to, you know, Afrika-kaka, it was kind of like... Um, it, w- it didn't have the feeling, because it was always daylight for a lot of it, and then you were always kind of outside. And there was a lot of space... Right. But in this one, apart from you need to fake our own deaths um, and some questionable dialogue, <laughs> it, it, I want I want it to be better. I want to have the same feeling I did when I played Resident Evil 2 and I was in the bus and I was running around the city. You know, that, that maybe that's what I want. Maybe that's the nostalgia coming through. But four was four was awesome and five kind of slipped. Um, but six, yeah, hopefully.
1: And See, I guess apparently, apparently they've they've split it split it into three different campaigns and there's three different protagonists, isn't there? So apparently, Leon, yeah, and Edie, yeah, Wes, Wesker's son, Chris and Leon. Wesker's son? Yeah, supposedly. With who? What's the uh, name? That was not revealed. <laughs> <on the trailer. laughs> Tell me. All oh, right. It, oh well, that's that's something
2: new. Yeah. One and of I, the, I guess
1: one of, the, one of the people you play as is Wesker's son. You play as three different people.
0: I guess you choose to ignore the existence of uh, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City.
1: Yeah, I think that's out of the canon,
2: though. I do, I do.
1: But um, to me, it just looks like it keeps going more and more action-oriented and less and less
2: away from survival horror. to be honest. And, on that. and they
0: they have said that actually, they confirm that they're going that way as a design choice.
2: Yeah. it's 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 the kind of climate we're in, though. You know, there seems to be. Uh, not much tolerance for that kind of slow gameplay. It's like more niche now. I, you know, it's good that a game develops over time, but it's also yeah. good to keep what made made it special.
0: And, I didn't think yeah, the
2: action think was very good in Resident Evil 5, though. It was pretty clunky. The biggest
1: uh, problem with Resident Evil 5, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily the setting, but I think it was that it was becoming more and more of an action game, but it was behind the curve in terms of what action games were. And it fell in some kind of strange middle ground limbo between actually being survival horror and being action. And it wasn't really particularly good at either. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will become a good action game on its own merits. That would be cool, but I just quite want to see the franchise go back to what it was originally.
2: Yeah, lots of hallways, lots of groaning, lots of walls coming alive to <laughs> eat you and stuff like that. And rabid dogs jumping through windows and men with chainsaws and sacks on their heads. That, yeah. That's what...
0: And finally, Devil May Cry, which is a franchise that I have not played, although they have released that HD collection not, mm-hmm. not too long ago. So might uh, take a look at that. But it's always been kind of the over-the-top fighting and respected, I think, franchise within the community. But with this reboot, there's definitely been some questions about, uh, you know, the reinvention of the new main character, or I guess it's his origin story. So he doesn't quite look yeah. like the Dante that uh, fans know. Plus yeah. the whole nudity thing in the trailer weirded me out, so...
2: Okay, okay as, as a, as speaking as a man comfortable with his sexuality here, um, I, was, I was okay with that. And uh, <laughs> it looks interesting. Um, I think it's always had those comedy roots. Maybe it may be going a little too slapstick with that, whereas in the first one, Dante is kind of, you know, relaxed and, uh, you know, deadpan snarker kind of person. Uh, but it did lull in the second one and the third one was great. The fourth one was, was okay. Yeah. But I do look forward to this one, um, except his hair looks like he's in kind of a, a goth indie band from the early 2000s, which uh, the fans didn't really like so much. But, you know, I'm more interested about the game and how that plays.
1: Apparently they, they make jokes in one of the trailers to, um, with reference to a, a grey
2: wig that looks like Dante's hair from the old games. But you know, you know what I mean. Don't badmouth or you know, tongue in cheek the old games because they they were awesome, and I think that's what a lot of people liked that protagonist. But now they're kind of feeling like with this reboot, it's kind of taken away what probably what may have made Dante, you know, special or interesting. But you know, until you get into the bare bones of like the story and the action, you know, mm. you can't say you can't say for sure at the moment. I'll, I'll still, I'll still obviously buy it because I liked. I like the fast paced, you know, gameplay in it. It's like a uh, it it reminds me obviously uh they came out around the same time, a game called God Hand, which yeah. is like, which is an excellent. It's like a Streets of Rage if somebody did it for the PS2, which was an excellent game.
1: Yeah. Um I th- I yeah, I think that's the most important thing really. I think it looks like it's it's still keeping that fast paced um that fast paced hyper action combat. And uh, it just looks like Ninja Theory are doing some interesting things with the whole um, going into Limbo and fighting the demons, where Dante is actually in the real world, and the world's splitting apart, and the corridors closing in on you. It looks looks like quite a cool new reboot that looks quite true to the original franchise.
0: Also in the news this week, some items of interest, including a dancing element in the new Star Wars Kinect game, which... I thought was. I don't know if it's an original song that they made for the game. I'm actually not familiar with that.
1: No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not.
0: Song. Okay, that it makes just me feel.
2: Brutal song.
0: That makes me feel a little better, but <laughs> <laughs> I still thought that was just way out of whack.
2: All right, cool, please. I thought uh-huh. it was quite an amusing pun.
0: <laughs> you guys are crazy.
2: <laughs> so, wait, <laughs> have you seen
0: the ads on TV for Connect Star Wars? It's like, oh, you become a Jedi. Look at this (laughs) dressed-up, an average, hot-looking 15-year-old just use his force powers at the TV, you know, and then apparently this is in there, so how does that make any sense?
3: I don't know. To me, it kind of speaks to uh, designing a game around the technology rather than kind of uh, making the technology work for a game. Because, I mean, why else would you put... (laughs) Dancing in the Star Wars games because you can't really do much else well with Kinect. Yes, oh, we know dancing works well, so we'll just put dancing in
2: for the fuck of it. So, uh, so le- is there going to be a dancing thing with a Cantina song? Because there's only so many moves you can do to that. <laughs> yeah, I really hope there is.
0: That will be DLC, I bet
2: you. Will it? Five hours long? Is is it a marathon <laughs> dance off with a? But I think I think I remember George Lucas saying about. Star Wars. Uh, we were we were in a cafe in downtown LA, and he said that uh, the reason he created Star Wars was not so much for the story, but for what um, you know the audience and the kids would uh, take away and make their own stories with the characters. So I, I, th- I think when he makes Han Solo dance like that, instead of you know crushing on anybody's childhood, he's like saying you know if you want Han Solo to dance, then that option's there. <laughs> you know, but if if you want him shooting like Greedo in a bar you can have that part too. You know, we just want to blanket it, you know, so everybody gets what they want. To be
0: fair... Why did in the audience of Star Wars? Yeah, to but be fair, as, as even if he was involved with the game, I don't know if
2: he'd care, I guess. He is an unlockable character, though I his dance moves are very difficult. Okay. Sorry, I just ruined your joke. <laughs> no, it was a stellar joke, thanks for that. I'm not, like, a huge Star Wars fan. It doesn't really bother me. But obviously, the out, you know... There's such a fandom surrounding it that obviously is, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea.
0: But maybe that's what they were banking on. Oh, these Star Wars fans are weird. They'll just play anything Star Wars, so here's a dancing game.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. I think it's more of what Tim said. I think from a design perspective, they'll sat down and look to what
2: actually works on the Kinect for now. But it seems like there's loads of cool stuff you can do with, like force powers, you know, and deflecting things and moving, like, you know, the the walkers around. It sounds yeah. like. There's a lot of um, scope, especially because even in the arcade game, where you'd like start off on a jet fighter and then you'd kind of fight Darth Vader at the end. You know, even though you, all you had was this stick in front of you, it still felt like you were quite in there with the action. So it, um, it's a shame they haven't gone around that a bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential there certainly, but from what I've been hearing, it hasn't really lived up to it. And we will have a review of it in the yep. near future as well, so we'll see what happens then. That'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, so. I
1: really want? I really want a, another Rogue Squadron game. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. I've been around for ages.
2: What well, about uh, Battlefront? wasn't that quite big. I ne- never really got into it, but... I heard people wanted yeah, to... Yeah, but that was on
0: the- was yeah. PC, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: don't... Uh, c- you comparing a PC release to a Connect. Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't want it to be on Connect.
2: But... Have, have, have you ever played Star Wars Jedi Power Battles? PS1? No, ever
1: no, never played Jedi Power Battles.
2: You were... Honestly... Honestly, one, one of the best Star Wars games I've ever played. I'd urge anyone, anyone to go and play that game. It's quality.
0: Well, so is, if we're talking about Star Wars games, the um, Jedi Knights 2, I think? Or 1? I, I'm actually having trouble remembering the name of the game.
2: What, the Jedi Academy, or? Yeah,
0: I think that's the one.
2: It, it was on Xbox, I remember getting it. Yeah, yeah. Not even the younglings even though that was a further film. But yeah, yeah it, it, it was good, because you could be Obi-Wan and you could throw your lightsaber and you'd go around.
0: Exactly. it was. I think it was the most full-featured game uh, in terms of the, the stuff you could do, you know, like combat and things like that.
2: Yeah, because, you know what I mean? Everyone wants to be a Jedi, so just give the people what they want. They don't want Han Solo or Wookiee yeah. dance. You know, they want you to go around being awesome. I'm sure there is a, a, a slight
1: niche market out there Probably of a couple of people who really wanted to dance as Han Solo.
2: There was. There's, there's some person in the world.
0: I was just there will
2: be someone in the world who wanted that.
0: Getting weird. Okay. <laughs> in other big news, the Dark Souls is coming to PC, apparently following a fan petition, though it's somewhat questionable, I guess, what actually caused them to release a PC version, or if they were planning on it all along. But they say that it's the fans, so we'll go along with that. But we'll see if they listen to the fans in this one. As the PC version was said to have Games for Windows Live, the much-disliked DRM system that uh, Microsoft has implemented in some games, but fans don't really take very kindly to, um, but nonetheless, it's being used in things like even most recently Batman games, as well as the D.I.R.T. franchise on PC. So there's a petition now to, I guess, remove that from the upcoming version of Dark Souls. And I don't know if this will have any effect whatsoever.
2: What's what's the purpose for it then? Why go through Games for Windows Live for it? They're not affiliated with Microsoft, are they? The no,
0: it's company. used as a
2: DRM. Well, they used
3: Xbox Live matchmaking for the 360 version, and apparently it would be really easy to uh, port it over to PC using Game for Windows Live, because the code is quite similar. That's what uh, I heard at least.
0: Yeah. So, so it has it, all those features, but it's, uh, it's it's never been a very stable program, or one that works as well as it should. So, not not very many people like it, to say the least.
3: It ate one of my accounts, and i lost like <laughs> 10 games because of it. I'm not a big fan of the program myself.
2: Well, hopefully. the. But, um, you know, companies can be so fickle with when they want fans' input and when they don't. It seems if it's, you know, if it's a broken system, then you're not really doing yourself or the consumers uh, any favors just for, the, for ease of porting. You know, it should be quality before, you know, trying to get it out there as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, you have to wonder who actually made the call on that because I guess the publisher wanted some kind of protection system. And uh, because I don't know if Microsoft is funding any of the port effort, I mean they could be, which is why it's in there. But I haven't heard anything about that, so it's you know a publisher's decision to do that, and you know why they went with that system, we might never know. What do you guys actually think of the petition, though? Well, I
3: think it's
1: probably something that's worthwhile petitioning over rather than the Mass Effect three ending. Probably.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it it is that more worthwhile, Uh, but you know it depends if it changes anything, maybe I've taken quite a cynical light to online petitions. There we go. I don't know, I think fans probably feel empowered.
3: If they think that it was their petition that got the game to come to PC in the first place, now they're going oh, we can petition and do get whatever we want, so they're trying to petition to get rid of this DIRN they don't like.
0: Thanks again for listening to episode number two from New Game Netcast. Due to technical problems, we were unable to discuss a couple of topics. However, we will be sure to catch up on these next time. Please tune in on April 29th, 2012 for our next episode. And as always, please remember to visit www.newgamenetwork.com for the latest and greatest video game news and reviews.